And takes him over. Crotches him. Body slam. And the little Aussie going to town. Idle caught in the corner with Rich. Hey, man, let me tell you something about superstar Bill Dundee. I work with Superstar, man, night after night after night, man. I learned a lot from that guy. Big as a minute. Maybe he's 5'7". Should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, had tremendous fire. Had tremendous uh, mean streak as a heel. Uh, was a great trash talker, a great promo. Uh, I loved working with Superstar Bill Dundee, man. Now, I know some people say, well, he's bragging today. He's all fired up. Yeah, but if you've got something good, you tell the people's brother. Yeah, you had Mike Graham, you had Big Dust, Big Chief, wore all the hats, Big Dust. Mike Graham, Greg Gagne, Bill Dundee. Now that was the four that was technically sitting in the office as the bookers. Then you had Ric Flair's input, Arn Anderson's input, Ole. So you had a lot of people that was had power but weren't in the power chair type thing. So it was, and then you had Bill Shaw, smart guy, obviously, he's running Ted Turner's company, but didn't know a damn thing about now, wrestling. when it came down to it, what was the final say? Whose was the final say? In the end, Eric Bischoff, because he just weaseled his way in. Well, from that from that committee there, if there was to take something Big in that direction, okay, dust. He he was the final, and even with Bischoff, he. And I'm guessing there were factions on the on the committee have kind of stuck together. And I'm gonna think that you and Graham and Gagne were a clique there. Uh, Technically, because we were still the wrestlers. Input. To make sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the draw. Sense. Yeah, uh, try, but no, Bill Shaw and, and and what was the other guy's name? The head honchos at Turner's company. Yeah. They would come over and put their fucking two cents worth in whether it was right or wrong. Boy, it made sense or not, yeah. Right. Well, uh, were you were you part of the, uh, was it, the RoboCop? The, what? The RoboCop, part of the pay-per-view. I think the thing didn't work that night or whatever was supposed to happen. Things like that, angles like that, or the, the, the movie tie-ins, or that was completely out of y'all's hands. Y'all just handed to it. And yeah, you said, just make it work. I want to do this and make it work. work. Yeah, try your best to make it work. But I don't remember the RoboCop thing. So yeah, I, been, uh, when before you got there, um, were uh, anything come to mind? Any major battles that you had to y'all had to fight for? And maybe you and Gunny and Graham had to stand together and say this just is beyond stupid. Or no, uh, I mean you, you, if it was coming from Bill Shaw or some of them, it was going to be done. So you just made the best of there it? There was no sense getting in the pissing contest because you wasn't going to win it. So you just made the best or whatever. And that is how it was. I mean, and I don't know how they saw the, the, the world. I mean, they were obviously intelligent people. They were running Ted Turner's company, a big TV station. But you know how this business works. It's, it is showbiz and you have to come. And we was making it real back then or trying it. Well, I, I would think that... Uh, just the, the mind power of you and Graham and Gagne getting together, sitting down and 
mapping out where we're going with this would make sense. Well, let me put this to you this way. Greg Gagne, Mike Graham, you know who their dads were. Eddie Graham. Absolutely. And Greg Gagne Sr. Both shooters, both tough sons of guns, and brought their boys up that way. So they saw a little different, and then you had Bill Dundee strictly bullshit. And that was just, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm the superstar. So, yeah, I mean, they saw it different from me on some things. Well, I would think that y'all would, would have the, the, the mind power to lay down yeah. um, what we're going to draw, saying. or the foundation. The, yeah. But uh, I can see them coming in and uh, just not having a build-up, saying this is what I want to go, but um, not making any sense to get there. I mean, this just doesn't happen. It, uh, well, you make me believe every week for me to go and buy that ticket, you know, at the end. I mean, yeah, they they understood what the buildup was. I mean, Mike and yeah. they, and Graham were talking. Mike Graham and, and Ganya were talking about. But Bill Shaw and them, that the the, the the committee from Ted Turner's, that was a different kettle of fish. So they weren't in the wrestling business. They just saw it on TV. If they ever watched it, I don't even know that either. But. We got me, Mike, and, and Greg go along famously. And Big Dust, I liked him. He'd go along with him. And it, but it wasn't hard to get along with Dusty. I mean, if he wanted to sit and talk about whatever, <laughs> right on, brother. So, but I liked the big sucker. So, I mean, I, you, can't, you won't be able to knock Dusty Rhodes to me. Yeah, I know he had his faults, but don't we all? But I got along good with him, and that's all that really matters. Coming from your background of wrestling uh, three nights a week in clubs in Australia and hitting Memphis and becoming a superstar, that had to be a completely different way of doing business. Uh, Y'all look at each other every now and then, but not speak and say, uh, you know, are these idiots, you know, paying this kind of money and giving this guy that and nobody's working and... I don't know, you know, if you went, I mean, I don't know, I did, but I mean, I'm sure people who were that little bit of son of a bitch, I, mean, I should be the, I, I think all the big guys, six foot and mm -hmm. bigger, looked at me that way. No, I mean, just as a, from a business standpoint, you knew what drew money and what made money, and uh, when you'd see the losses or, when they did something stupid, it cost a lot more money than if some local territory guy, you know, Right, so you're talking about the global thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll turn their name, yeah. But, I mean, you had, there was a lot of heads before it got to that, you know what I mean? Like, Jim Ross was there, Jim Ross, smart guy, come from Watts, and, and he would put his input into the suits, because he, you know, there were mm -hmm. the suits and us, we didn't wear suits, but this, you know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about. So, we had blue jeans and a t-shirt on or something, sitting in the office. Anyway, that Big Dust did that too, so that's another story. But yeah. WCW, they called that the wrestling channel for a while. Remember mm -hmm. that thing? Well, they did, and they, and they were a little more wrestling than Vince's show was, but... And the bottom line, the, the guy running it, driving the horse or driving the car, still has to know what he's doing, and sometimes you had to argue with him. But, not, you know, it was just... It was always like that. When they signed a guy from WWF, or, he, um, or brought in a, a young guy... Did you have any inclination of it before, or did they just come and say, hey, we got this? Well, you, you would, Dusty would know, because they never yeah. really did nothing without Big Dust being there, you know? No. So he would come, hey, they're talking to this guy, dude, you know, who knows Johnny Jackoff or whatever. So you, I never heard of him, but mm -hmm. he'll be here next week just for a tryout, so, something like that, yeah. So did y'all start working on things for him, or did they say, hey, 
this is where we want to go with him or do what you want to with him? Or? No, once he got here, you had to see him. Just like, uh, you know, when me and Bottoms come here from Australia in 75, I mean, Bobby well, Shane called and talked to Jerry Jarrett, so he only had Bobby Shane's version of what we was. So what happens when uh, I'm a, a young independent guy that nobody knows and I show up and I have to stand before you and Greg Gagne and Dusty and, and Mike Graham and what else? Y'all well, start picking me apart? Yeah, or? right, yeah. Well, not re- you did, but you didn't. I mean, yeah. not really to embarrass him or do anything, but, I mean, you, you would do it when you're just basically, well, the kids... Trying to figure him out. Yeah, yeah, so... But if they took their time and listened, that's what we was there for. I mean, we were supposed to be all the older guys or the brains of that thing. That 20 years ago, I'm saying it was older, but no, that's another story. But anyway, yeah, the committee was, and Big Dust was the head of it, and... Big Dust was into showbiz before there was showbiz in the wrestling business, so you know how Dusty worked and how and, he uh, was. And what about a guy that was established that uh, maybe came from uh, New York? Or, uh, was that a harder guy to deal with? Well, I'm trying to think if we had any. Um, yeah, but it would be because it would be the same as today. I mean, if I go somewhere, I'm not going to be there treated like I'm a rookie. Right. So, right. yeah, they, you had to treat him different than the younger guys, yeah. You sort of knew the product you were getting right. and yeah. you knew what he was supposed to do. And well, you'd take him off and say, hey, listen, this is what we're doing down the road, blah, blah, blah. If you're interested, fine. If you're not, that's fine too, but this is where we're going. Did you get an opportunity to work with Iron Sheet during that time? Yeah. Did you take him to the drugstore, get his medicine, or uh, yeah, help him out another on guy. I, I like the Sheet. Shiki, he called himself Shiki. He was Shiki baby. Shiki baby, yeah. He was, yeah, he and another tough son of a gun, but he never wanted to go around proving it to nobody. Now, this may have been the time where I thought maybe you didn't see him that he was getting paid to sit home for a year and two years and. Uh, well, he would show up every now and again, but I never really knew what his deal was, and no, nobody did. I guess we would all try to get I, you that. Know, it says he. Uh, I, the documentary and everything it said he got paid like $100,000 for a year and they hadn't used him and then they finally figured out his contract came up and it they missed it and it came again and they thought well probably paid this guy we might always use him and they brought him to TV and uh, thought they would piss him off and he quit and he didn't get pissed off he just did whatever they said and cheeky baby yeah that was, yeah. but he was uh, in no condition to, to do what they wanted him to do I mean uh, with his medicine so uh they sent him back home instead of getting paid. So he got paid another year. So, so he got paid yeah. two years for a couple shots. <laughs> yeah, this iron sheet. I remember that now. Um, did uh, did you get the, when you came up to try to get some money out of him to work him for a couple shots? Did, uh, did you have to be his agent or? No, you just told him where he was. I mean, he would have went seven days a week if you <laughs> told him to go. I mean, he still yeah. liked the business. Absolutely. Shiki, you're in New York next week. Okay, where I get ticket. So you get him his ticket and off he would go. So it wasn't like he didn't want to go. Have you seen all of his stuff when he started showing up on, on Howard Stern and kind of... No, I ain't seen little, none of that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, kind of mad at the world when he's on there? Yes, indeed. And uh, he, he became a little... Uh, he had another little uh, ride there as a little star and... Uh, uh, I'll have to pull up the documentary that they actually did on him. And, uh, well, unless you took home. a baseball bat with you, what are you going to do to him? He's a tough sucker. It seems like he wrestle. just kept on, yeah. kept on chugging along. He but, just um, kept on keeping on. Um, 
I think JYD was brought in at that time too. Wasn't used very often. Um, ran one one deal with Flair during that time. That was over at Turner's? Yeah. Maybe been after oh before you got there. You went there in um was it ninety five? Ninety four ninety four, ninety five, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would have been after right, maybe he he came before. As an agent, so you, uh, when you were in town, you went to the office every day, just like clockwork, and then uh, to show that night, and I saw your schedule, you were uh, having a rough line schedule, just as rough as the wrestlers, you had to go where they went, but. Yeah, um, well, you was in charge. Yeah. So you were the official babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. was. Uh, oh, and some of them you had to babysit. Them. How, many, how many agents would go on, on one trip? Two? Just one to just the one. town? Yeah, just one to each town. No, if it was a big town, there may be two, and maybe we may all go. So you got a dozen guys that you kind of got to keep your eye out on and make sure. Yeah. We all had to look after our job. Yeah. <laughs> so if the three of us had to go, we had a big show, we all went. There was three airplane tickets, but that was what the hell's another two, right? Well, uh, I would think that most people... Uh, the reason why y'all were in that role is because there would be a, a certain amount of respect just for who you were and your ability or your knowledge. And um, But as the salaries rose, I would think there would be some idiot disrespect. And um, Right. I mean, when the boys are getting $350,000 a year and you were getting one hundred and fifty, which is a lot of money, but it's not to the, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're going on paychecks, what I was happy to get mine three grand a week to be the agent, that was great. But some of them guys were getting six grand a week. And you were there to make sure nobody made the news or, or kill right. nobody, but yeah. uh, also yeah. there was just so much you could do with grown men, especially six foot five, 350 pound grown men. Uh, Ooh, mercy. <laughs> uh, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Yeah. Um, how would you, how would that have, uh, that official job been in, uh, in play? I know it was. I mean, if you were a booker back in uh, Memphis or Mid-South, and kept everybody in line. But uh, would you have liked to have that job um, uh, at some of the hotels uh, the Memphis guys hit and keeping track of those guys back in that day? No, back in that day, no. And what about the Turner's was the same? I mean, um, they would get drunk and carry on, or some would do pills, or some would do this or do that. And, you mercy. I'd like to be responsible for myself. That's enough. Me too. <laughs> well, um, and I certainly wasn't getting in between no of them. They could kill one another. <laughs> I guess you just wanted to uh, sort of keep them in uh, between the lines to where they showed up to the show, and they right. showed up to the next one, and in between, right. that's uh, up to them. Whatever they did, it's up to them. Yeah. It's not Vince, it was it Stephanie? Hey, listen, I'm doing a podcast here, man. You need to call back in two or three hours. I'm busy. Thank you. Show me fucking hell. I guess you turned that down on the phone there. You turned it down, whoever it was. Yeah, I don't need no health care. Okay. Probably do, but I have all I can afford. Uh, <laughs> well, um, back to that Smoky Mountain USWA invasion angle. How did that work? Uh, Working the loop? Y'all just traded guys out with Cornet and... Yeah, just whoever. Yeah, so um, whatever was on TV, you followed. So just like Memphis, was, whatever you did Saturday morning, you came down here Monday night. And um, 
You mentioned uh, Shawn Michaels. We, uh, we were talking about uh, Marty Jannetty. It's always uh, good for an entertaining clip or two. Well, that's uh, true, too. Yes. Um, I met, first met Shawn Michaels when he worked for Watts. Watts had took him in just a kid. So then the dressing room, I brought me in as the booker, so Watts calls all the boys in the dressing room, hey, this building needs the booker dude and had it. So put show us over everything. So Sean's sitting there, and I said, hey, kid, what can you do? He never cracked the smile. He never did nothing. He just said, everything. Oh, I kind of guy. Yeah, I, everything. Yeah, everything. Mm. And he wasn't wrong. He could no. do it back because Jose Lothario taught him he could do all that back then. Well, that's one to tell the truth. I see you in the dress rooms now. I ask somebody, "Hey, well, we're gonna work a match. What can you do?" And they start hum 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 humming yeah. well. Yeah. This that. He and... just said everything. Yeah, that was over with me. Yeah. Uh, what the. Uh, well, I guess the the Midnight Rockers came through Memphis. Were you booking at that time, or get a chance to work them when Sean and uh, Marty came through here briefly on their way to, back and forth swapping with AWA? I guess. I can't. No, I don't think I ever worked with them. Yeah, and, uh, I may not have been here when they came through. I may have been off on the Crockett End or Big Dust. Yeah, yeah, doing something with Dusty Rose over Crockett Land, huh? Yeah. Central States. The American Dream Base. Uh, Hello, Mama. Look at that painting she did. We done whooped them all, brother. And if they lined them up now, we could do it again. If you took the road warriors, Jerry and I could whoop them. If you took the freebirds, Jerry and I could whoop them. If you took the rock and roll express, Jerry and I could whoop them. We whooped Joel Duke, Jean-Louis, the Valiant Brothers. We done whooped them all. We could beat the fabulous ones. We could beat the sheep herders. We could whoop everybody, brother. Now, I know some people say, well, he's bragging today. He's all fired up. Yeah, but if you've got something good, you tell the people's brother. The king and the superstar, when they're on, Jack, they're the best there is. And that's all I got to say. Hey, Bill, uh, leading up with you and Lawler's feud, uh, anywhere in there, but you had a series of matches where you seemed to win the Southern Heavyweight title, you won 4,000 cash, you won Cadillac, leading up to taking a couple losses of, of other people's hair and the big blow-off. Reoccurring question on your Facebook page seems to be that, uh, what's the deal with Cadillac? Who's Cadillac? Did you win the Cadillac? Did you drive the Cadillac around? Or? Yeah. You have to give it up, did you? Well, I lost it again. <laughs> it was Lawless Cadillac, and we was building up for a hair match eventually, but that, that's another story. So we just, I wanted the belt, I won the belt, and then every time he wanted, he had to put something up to wrestle me for the belt. He wanted the belt, but, well, as you know, you're not getting just a match. I go, it's a to win, and we so. He put the Cadillac up eventually, and I won it. And I drove around town there and thought it was Mr. Big Shot. <laughs> so, yeah, when you win them, you get them until you lose them. Eventually, I lost it back to him, but, yeah, it was mine until he won it back. All right. It was a real, real swap, so you, you, yeah. were, you were riding high? Oh, I was Big Shot. <laughs> From my LTD to a Cadillac, I th thought it was Mr. Big Shot. And we've talked about this before, but... uh it's kind of after that entire torturous feud leading up to that, I think it was four or five weeks later, the houses were down. It went right back to you and him tagging up and uh, against the Valiants. Uh, 
that's that's still just that that was a the people were in it and bought it so so yeah. hard and heavy and then five weeks later well, any way they got to they were just happy to see well, y'all both in the ring they, they, they didn't care what we did as long as we was in the ring the same time we could be on the same side against one another or they didn't care as long as we was in the ring because they knew they knew something was going to happen and they knew we didn't like one another so the man well maybe that tonight one will kill one well, we'll be there to see it so going into that do you have any uh specific memories of working johnny and jimmy valiant at that time as a tag team well johnny was pretty stiff handsome was just handsome he was all showbiz and i i mean what what could you say they come from dick the bruiser big time team coming into memphis me and Lolly was the best Memphis had to offer, so I thought the matches was good. Not great, but good. And we won. <laughs> well, of course. Uh, of course, it was Memphis. Yeah. And uh, then I, I noticed shortly after that, y'all y'all go into uh, a run with uh, Sonny King and Norvell Austin. No it, relief, nowhere. Uh, oh, my. Night off? No, no, not a night off. Norvell, not too bad. Kind of stiff. But Sonny... King, oh my God! What you see, it's what he was—big, strong, black guy. And I don't mean this bad, but I don't really know if you like white people, because <laughs> <laughs> he beat the beat the shit out of me and Lop. I can tell you that. Well, uh, when uh, when you first showed up in Memphis from Australia with George Barnes as a tag team. Uh, I was recalling that more so that you went into a, a feud with Dennis Condry and Phil Hickerson, but as we were going through some old pictures, you actually worked Tojo and Eddie Marlin, and the yeah. pictures we saw were, uh, I guess, uh, Jerry Jarrett got involved a little bit before. A little bit, but he was promoting by then and booking and doing his thing, so he could stay home and make more money. Yeah. So why would you go to the ring and get beat up by two goofy Aussies? Now, that, that must have been an interesting night to work Tojo style and Eddie Marlin. Well, George and I kind of felt sorry for Tojo because George was determined to make Tojo wrestle. Oh. Well, Tojo five foot five and 300 pounds. But he had one where he had Tojo leapfrog. I swear to God, I thought this is, but Tojo got over him, stood up and Chopped him. George took a hell of a bump. People went crazy. I don't know if it was the the chop or the leapfrog that we were remembering. But oh no, 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 do that. No, no. How he talked. Yeah. No, 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 do that. He did it and chopped him. Before we run off too far from uh, you and Lawless feud, uh, going through some WWE information, your name popped up. They had a list of the ten most famous loser leave town or retirement matches, and. Uh, Number 10 was Bill Dundee against Jerry Lawler. Well, at least we got a little mention, and it don't hurt to get mentioned by the, by the what would you call him, the Shaw of Wrestling, Vince. I mean, he thinks he's it, but we was doing all that kind of stuff before he was doing it in Memphis. I mean, and just to be a guest to the normal wrestling fan, just to get mentioned in the same thing as his boys, I don't watch the... WWE, I couldn't tell you who the other guys were, but I can tell you this much. If you had to bet on what was the better matches to watch, it would be Lawler and Dundee. That doesn't matter who the opponents are than his boys. 
Hey, uh, uh, going back through the records, uh, a few weeks ago we actually were talking about the AWA World Titles, and uh, your memory and my memory didn't serve too well about y'all actually winning the belts twice. Still can't figure it out. I'm I'm searching for it on on tape, but uh, it's listed several other places as you and Lawler losing it to Hector Guerrero and Dr. D, who now is listed as Carl Styles, uh, undercard guy from Memphis. Yeah. And uh, then dropping it to the New Midnight Express, but uh, I'm still struggling to find find video on that. Yeah, me too. Um, in my head, I'm still struggling. But again, if you, if you listen... I do remember Carl Styles, big country boy. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah, big country boy. Stronger than a Knox brother. Oh, God. Strong. He could press slam you like this. Just stand there and press you two or three times, then slam you. Oh, big country. And, and, he, and he talked real country. So I don't quite know what I'm trying to say here. But you know how them farm boys talk? He was like that. And a, technically a nice guy. Well, uh, I guess that would be the reason you'd put him under a mask and use that, that size and strength. Yeah. And keep him quiet. And, and because when he talked, it didn't fit what he was. Right. Well, uh, going through some of your, your pictures here, uh, we came across a, a one that's, that had me stumped, and it actually was Gorgeous George Jr. Well, well, Looked quite him. different. Right. I met him in a bar that night. He got, we just had to both show up. This big hairy guy. I'm looking at him and he's looking at me. Damn, gorgeous George. So that's... Look more like the uh, Duck Dynasty. Right. He looked more from like his character. Dutch Mantel with yeah. a full head of hair and a beard, yeah. And uh, was that a brief encounter or did you work you have uh, with Johnny B. Bad? The pictures oh, we were going through just to... Well, that one with Johnny B. Yeah. I would have been WCW, I guess, when that you were... That would have been an ass kicking for me, for Johnny B. Get him over, and I was on my way. So. <laughs> uh, well, uh... But I like Johnny B. He, he wanted to learn, and he was coming out, you know, talk to you, and I, that, that's the difference. He, he, he was into his character, wasn't he? he right, he, yeah. he flipped it on. Some other names popping up. Dusty Rhodes imagination. Really? And that's when you were helping with the booking and a... Yeah. And Greg Gagne and Mike Gray. Johnny B. Bad. Was the, uh, the, the beginning... Uh, was he... Uh, the plan for him to be uh, a heel that hit him to a baby or... I guess that's always the plan, but... Johnny B.? Was the... I don't know what was in Dusty's head. He, he, he knew where he was going with himself. Big, the, the dream. He was the dream every night. You could be anything. Say, baby, just do you know how he talked and he has that lisp. He didn't really have a lisp, but he would have a lisp when he was conning you into something. And I liked Big Dust. I mean, we got along good. I knew how he was. He knew how I was, so I liked him. Few names in the pot that uh, come up with your opinion, or, or did you ever work with them? Thunderbolt Patterson and, and Buzz Sawyer. Ooh, mercy! Now there was two guys the exact opposite. Thunderbolt was all showbiz. 
and Buzz was all about kicking your ass if could and would. So, but I didn't mind working with either one. And I got along good with him, so I knew Thunderbolt from Australia. Barnett brought him over to Australia 10 years before that. I probably had done jobs for him a hundred times in Australia. So when he came to Memphis, I was the star. And he was still Thunderbolt Patterson, could work, could talk. How was he received in Australia at that time? <clears throat> well, that jive kind of talk. Nobody quite understood what it was. And, and he talked the same way there as he does here. And, but he got over. He did all the things with his hands and his feet and all that kind of stuff. So, but he got over. Um, people whisper that Dusty stole a lot from him. Do you, do you think that's where he got the character from? Everybody borrows If I it. could say the word is here, who could tell you what Dusty was, but you can't, so... I'll do it the nice way. He was a white black guy. Dusty understood what Bolt was doing and he watched the people. So when you have a black guy that's supposed to be a junk jive, 300 pound rednecks are nuts. So Dusty came out and did his thing. People went nuts. He knew it was going to touch it was the buttons and get over. So with it, yeah. Like I said, I like the dream. He, he, he was. I got along good with him, and he just, you know, and he could work for a 300-pound guy. But like we've said before in this show, working is in your head, not the bumps you take. That doesn't um, mean a damn, damn thing. It's all in your head. It's a psychological game you play with the fans. They have lost that technique now. So, but Big Dream... He got over, didn't do nothing in the ring. People thought he was the world champion until he became the world's champion. Look what Ric Flair does. Every match the same, and boom, bam, bam. And he wasn't over as good as Big Dust to the average fan. No. And he was the world's champion. Um, you know, in the past, you've said that... Uh push to, to say your favorite town you've actually listed as Tupelo, Mississippi and I'm starting to understand why when we're going through some uh, uh, keepsakes of yours I've got some uh, Tupelo police badges bestowed on you and a lot of uh, pictures of pool parties and bikini girls around that yeah. seem to be led back to Tupelo so I'm sounds like you uh, were given the key to the city you yeah. were quite welcome in Tupelo yes I was in the bar scene and uh wrestling scene so yeah I like I like Tupelo but I used to tell the people I was from Tupelo but when I was okay. my second home I love Tupelo so back in the day if you said that on TV they liked you so even if I was a heel or a good guy I would still put Tupelo over well you saw a couple of pictures why but that's another stuff <laughs> uh, you uh you've been pretty busy lately um I know you did a, a tribute show down at Ala Capri Casino to Lance Russell and Brian Christopher. Got a couple of uh, Dyersburg Fair, Lexington Fair coming up. Um, yeah. Keep Keeping, uh, I was going to say lacing the boots up, but we know you don't lace any boots. No, I did uh, quit that 40 years ago. And, and what, what was the reason starting that? 
because it sure makes sense. That if you watch the, the, the picture of me and Barton slamming Eddie Marlin, if it's on you, you see it, I have lace up boots on them, and the shorter ones. And I told George, I said, when we're done with you, because he wouldn't wear pull on boots, they had to lace them up. So mm -hmm. I said, I'm done lacing boots when I get to be by my lonesome. So I got a pair of cowboy boots made and been ever since. And how much time have you saved? Yeah. <laughs> lace them up, lace them down. Right. Yeah, that's uh, uh Now, is it safer to have them laced up? Yeah. You can break your ankle more easy with what I wear than the laced up What? But I have seen guys sprain their ankle and do things with lace up boots. So it can happen either way. Yeah. Well, seems like it saves a whole lot of time. I see the guys in, in the dressing right. room you going could, through their ritual and you yeah. ready to go. You could be late and be ready in two minutes. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. 